All done. Ready for you now. <laughs> the doctor is ready for us. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you guys doing? Yeah, so, good. We're all right. We haven't been in hospital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting one. I had uh, malaria and typhoid because I spent um, I spent three weeks in the bush, uh, deep, deep, deep in the bush. And, uh, you know, of course, I know I'm a bit of an iron man, but, uh, you know, uh, I think that I, yeah, I went uh, deep trekking uh, on the, you know, mountain trekking and all sorts of deep hiking. Just for and- fun or? Fun, fun, just fun. And it, every year, every year I do a retreat around December. Yeah. So I spend 10 days, usually I go to Gambia. But this year, because of the uh, pandemic, I decided to stay in Ghana. And so I did, a, you know, I did three weeks in the, in the bush. And so malaria, m- mosquitoes, mosquitoes were brutal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mosquitoes, mosquitoes were brutal. And uh, I... I think I was just being stubborn because when I got back to town, then uh, it took a few weeks and then the malaria kicked in and then the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the typhoid. And I think, of course, when you're eating rough in the bush and picking fruits from the tree and just eating, I, uh, yeah. Oh, we're, lo- we're losing you, Nana. We, got, we lost video. I'm not sure if we lost audio as well. You can still hear me, can't you, Jeff? I can still hear you, mate. Yeah. It's going to be a difficult connection. I said he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> <clears throat> that didn't last long. <laughs> we got uh, some footage. <laughs> the internet. Let's see if he comes back. I, I don't know. Depending on where he is, I don't know how strong the um, the internet connections are where it, whichever part of the world he's in. He says he's in Ghana. Yeah. <sighs> the highest pub in Africa. Yeah, I'm just going to Google where that is. Here he comes. He's back. Can't hear you at the moment. Let's see if I can unmute you. We can't hear you yet, and I think you're still on mute. Okay, it's back. Um, there we go. I'm back. And, uh, hang on, let me switch my internet provider because I have a feeling that this one is a bit unstable. Okay. All right, let's see. So I've got like three providers. So in between, if we get cut off, I'll switch. 
I'll keep switching between Vodafone and MTN and all the rest of them. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, so don't worry. When it, if it goes down, I just switch network and then I'll come back in. Okay, okay buddy. Okay. So how long oh, you... Good to see you guys? Yeah, it's good to see you again. Absolutely. And how are you guys keeping? We're good. Yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a long twelve months, I think, uh, in many respects. But um, yeah, I think we're all a bit more resilient as a result of this. And hopefully, vaccines are on our way. Maybe in the next month for me. I'm not quite sure about you, Jeff. But end of April, maybe vaccines might be here. It looks like a beautiful place you're showing us around. Yeah. Where are? Oh, sorry. I was trying to change location, but I think this is this is okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a mountain view right there. You oh know? wow! Um, Good Lord. Oh, look at that, Jeff. Oh, I'm so jealous. I, it's not fair. Yeah, I got this hammock. <laughs> And that's the uh, that's my view every morning. Oh, good lord! So, are you in Accra? And yes, no, no. I'm actually just outside Accra. So I'm just outside Accra. So this is the mountain region. It's called the, the eastern region. Yeah, the eastern region of Ghana. It's uh, very mountainous and beautiful. There's no mosquito. <laughs> there's, the land is just amazing. It's uh, so yeah. The quality of air is just so much better. <laughs> must be a lovely place to be yeah, no, how, how high are you the altitude uh, it's not I mean there are parts here that are about a thousand meters but uh, this is probably about 700 800 meters up okay so it's not it's not that high but uh, there are parts here that you go up to about three four thousand yeah jeez that's awesome yeah. yeah it is it is I'm so glad that you guys uh, were able to connect today yeah, it's been uh, it's been a long time. I was trying to think this morning as so to when I think Jeff might have seen you more recently than me, but I think well, probably over ten years ago. Now no, it must be since we we've, we've met. I think must be. Yeah, yeah. yeah it must be. It must be near, near 20, 2010, 2011. I can't, I can't really remember. Last time yeah. I saw you, Nana, you were wearing some blue suede shoes <laughs> in Southampton. Yes, <laughs> very true. <laughs> That was years ago. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, but you guys, uh, seriously, I'm really glad I've, uh, you know, of course, I've been uh, seeing some of the stuff you're doing online and, uh, you know, it's an inspiration. It's always been an inspiration since that course that we attended way back. Yeah. It's, you, I just, I knew, I knew back then that you guys would be doing great things in future. <laughs> it was an awesome course that I attended and I, I felt, yeah, the combination it, the chemistry was right, and your intentions were pure, so that was nice. It was it was a good couple of days, wasn't it? We enjoyed it too. Yeah, absolutely. I loved it. I, I really had, you know, I really had a, a really really good time. So I've I've always been very fond of you guys since then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the feelings mutual, mate. And exactly. I, yeah. I know we haven't really given you much of a of, of a heads up as to what this is all about. We just l- lured you in, but. Um, we will we'll just assume you know nothing about what we're doing. So we've we've been running a podcast for a few years, and this year we decided to do something a little bit different with it. So we're we're inviting on people that that we believe have been a big influence on agile in in the world and to us personally. So we've had people like Mike Cohn, we've had Esther Derby, we've Roman, different people like that, uh, and we're calling this our prestigious pints and. As someone who's who's done a hell of a lot for the community everywhere, but particularly in Africa, we wanted to invite you on and have a bit of a chat about 
your journey, introduce you to the wider world, because someone like you needs to be shared with as many people as, as possible. So we, uh, <coughs> we, we we get together, Paul and I, and we have a little drink, although it's, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning, so it's alcohol free at the moment, but um, <laughs> we have a little I'm, drink I'm, and an unscripted dr- chat. And I'm drinking coffee, so yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a different chat for oh. me. An interesting sign behind you, Jeff. Well, I just Googled virtual backgrounds Africa pub, and this is what came up. So I'm in the highest pub in Africa, apparently. I love it. I love it. I love love the backgrounds. The backgrounds are just amazing. (laughs) This is as close as close to a pub as we get, Nana. So we've got to take take it as 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 we get it. I think. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's so good to see you guys. You know, really so um, yeah, no, it's been an interesting journey last uh, 10, 15 years. Very interesting journey. Could you give <laughs> Could you give our listeners a sort of brief overview of, of who is Nana? Right. So uh, I, uh, my name Nana uh, Aban, and um, uh, I'm a very simple guy. Although people think I'm a bit complex, uh, I try to be as simple as possible. <laughs> I'm full of energy, I highly inspirational, always inspired, always has something positive to say to people, um, always like pushing the boundaries and just looking at ways and means for us to uh, keep developing and expanding on our potential, uh, looking for ways to help people to get better uh, at being themselves, bringing out people's potential. I think um, for me, it's really, you know, uh, I, I come from a very large family in West Africa, and um, very large, and, and it, the family goes, they go back like more than three, 4,000 years, and uh, from my father and my mother's side. So I grew up in a very, very big family, and uh, I left them at 17, and I decided that I wanted to, well, 16 plus, after secondary school, from five, I left, I said to dad, I'm leaving. So then I traveled across the whole of West Africa, just literally plotting, look, locating and looking for family members. And um, I discovered family which had been disconnected for over a hundred years. And I think that really laid the foundation for the life that I'm living now, because leaving home at 16 plus, everybody thought he's gonna be crazy. Uh, his life will not, you know, he'll end up doing nothing. He's gonna be um, a complete bum. <laughs> and um, well, I traveled across West Africa. You know, I, I found myself in various countries. Um, I drove taxis to survive. I carried cement blocks on construction sites. Uh, you know, I did all kinds of interesting things. And I think meeting people, you know, on the ground, grassroots, and just real people, um, it, it inspired me. So there's two sides to my family, and I think there's a middle. There's a, yeah, the third one. In the middle, you've got the moderates who are not so rich. On one side, you've got the super rich, and then the other side, you've got the super poor. Mm. Now, growing up as a very privileged kid, and I thought, no, this is not really for me. I thought every time I went to the very super poor side of my family, they would sit together and they would share, 15 people would share one chicken. Mm-hmm. You know, and... That amazed me because then I go to the super rich and then there's a 22-seater dining table. There's a whole pig on there. There's a whole sheep and there's everything on there. And there's servants standing around and nobody's really talking to each other. Nobody's eating the food. And the super poor side of my family, there's 15 people around the big bowl and everyone's in there eating together. And I think that's when the spirit of Ubuntu really hits me. 
and Ubuntu is a Kosa word as, as from South Africa, Zulu, uh, which means that because you are, I am, and because I am, you are. And this is our, this is about our shared humanity. And that really got me going because then I thought I really like the poor side of my family. I really like their attitude. I really like the way they live. And so, and my my journeys across West Africa, the two years or two and a half years from 16 plus to 19, um, it really opened my eyes and it laid down the blueprints for the rest of my life. And I thought, well, there are three things that I want to commit my life to. One is empowering people. Two, um, I am very keen to build communities. And then three, I want to give a better impression of Africa. Yeah. Because I think that Africa is greatly misunderstood. And unfortunately as well, the history of Africa has been whitewashed in a certain way that people think that civilization started with European intervention or Arab intervention in Africa. So um, I thought, no, Africa is grossly misunderstood and I wanted to do something. So those two, two and a half years, 16 and a half to uh, 19, it really opened my eyes a lot to so many things. And I thought, no, this is this is me. Um, I, um, you know, yes, I'm a blue blood. Yes, I'm this and yes and that. But I don't want any of that stuff. So I became more or less the black sheep of the family, the rebel, and the one who went off and did all kinds of really stupid things in their eyes, you know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm supposed to be in some country somewhere, I don't have enough food, but you know, there's food in the house. Why don't you just go back home? I refuse to go back home. So, um, and that, that, that really is where I felt I needed something, and it was always on my mind, I needed something that will um, enable me to have a deeper sense of purpose, uh, more meaning in my life. And the human factor um, was incredible. I would go to villages where, just like me, I would just meet a young white kid uh, or kids, and they're on like a... Um, you know, like one of those adventure trips in Africa. Mm. And they would come into the village and the village people will welcome them without forgetting the history of slavery and colonization. They don't care about the fact that these things happened. Well, okay, it happened because some things happened in the past. They look at the person as an individual. Mm. They don't say, oh, Europeans came to Africa and did this or Arabs came to Africa and did that. And so because of that, we hate you. No, 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 no. Every stranger, regardless of color, ethnicity, is welcome. And I yeah. saw how they would welcome foreigners in villages and how people would open their doors and just say, yeah, we have a room staying. I mean, we, we sleep on the floor. So, yeah, we sleep, all of us sleep on the floor. And I loved that. And I thought, wow, look at this humanity. Yeah. Wow. How did you, so how did you get from there into the world of Agile? Well, so 19, I got back to England, and um, I arrived in England at 19, and I thought, you know what, I, I think one of the biggest problems affecting uh, people on the ground in Africa is also something that I noticed when I got to, to England, got back to England. I grew up in England for a number of years. I did part of my primary school in England and part of my secondary school in England, and I was sent back to um, Nigeria, then Ghana, 
yeah. because I was very stubborn in the UK. So 13, I got shipped out of England <laughs> and I got to Africa and well, I got back to England at 19. And I thought the biggest problem affecting people in Africa and from what I'm seeing in the UK is project management. Okay. People don't know how to manage projects and stuff. And so I started doing some project management courses. I thought I wanted to build projects. I wanted to build a shelter. Um, and uh, I joined the Pan-African Housing Association in um, Kentish Town. And um, that even opened my eyes more to, you know, Pan-African refugees, refugees from all over Africa. And they were getting, you know, um, uh, housing, housing association. And then my brother also had a, 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 a what we call a, a housing association called Umoja, which means unity. And I thought, you know what, I'm really interested in project management. And so I started reading more, learning more. So between 19 and then 21, I did a lot of project management stuff, trying to understand how can I get better and help people back in Africa as well to implement some good projects. And, you know, that's how I think I started really getting into the world of um, wanting to get my head around some of the complexities, some of the challenges around why organizations were failing to do certain things. So I found myself managing these housing associations and I moved from there. I thought, no, I want to be a consultant. Uh, I, I want to manage, I want to help organizations to do um, OD, organization development work. I want to help them to understand what makes people tick. Um, and, and somehow, I don't know what happened, somewhere along the line, I, I realized that I had this uncanny ability to, you know, uh, to get my head around very complex things. I would go into an organization and I would be able to see exactly all the different parts. It's like the matrix, yeah? I could see, <laughs> you know, I could just see, you know, the zeros and the ones and all the lines come. I could see where all the problems were. And I just thought, wow, okay. Seems my brain, because I was exposed, right, yeah? Between yeah. that 16 and a half and 19, I experienced something quite big, larger than me. And I think that really opened up a certain part of my brain. So I went into management consulting and organization development. Then I went to law school. I thought, oh, wow. I'm really passionate about justice as well. I want justice for black people, justice for black communities. I want justice for everyone. And so I went into law school and, of course, I was incredibly, I was less of a student. I was more of a political activist. <laughs> I became president of 11 societies. Excellent. And African society president, law, uh, law, law society president, debate society president. So I, I thought... I, Did, you know, do any Did you do any study? <laughs> Did you do any study? No, no, no. <laughs> no. You know, half the time I was in the pub, you know, in the bar, <laughs> and the other half I was bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, I, I decided that I really wanted to understand legal systems and how they work, and I, I just didn't feel comfortable just making money. Mm. I was being paid like a thousand, two hundred pounds a day in my early 20s, and I thought, you know, I just wasn't comfortable anymore just making money. I wanted some more meaning. So I went to law school. And um, 
that was exciting. And then after that, then I decided that, you know, I really want to take uh, the whole organization development, management, consulting, people development more seriously. So that's how I got into the world of agility, you know, <laughs> coming from family yeah, and then UK. And then, of course, uh, going through my various experiences and then I ended up doing uh, more uh, consulting work. And finally, I just thought, well, because of like pushing the boundaries, I said to myself, I said, there's something, I did all of that for more than 10 years. And I thought, well, this is okay. But then it, it wasn't so exciting as I, I thought it would be. So I was looking for something that would help me to move a little bit quicker. Mm. Uh, something that will uh, give me more meaning because the traditional project management, I wasn't really enjoying it as much as I thought I would. So I, I just felt something was missing. And so um, I kind of, I don't know, I was just reading, researching, and I, I came online, found something about Agile, and some guys that got together and done something called a manifesto. And I said, <laughs> oh, hang on a minute, you know, uh, that's what I've been doing for some time. And oh, these guys have put some words to it. And um, I kind of I started tracking and following Ken Schwaber and a few other guys. And I thought, this is really interesting. Then, of course, Professor Nanaka, I, I was doing lots of reading. And, and and I realized that even whilst I was doing all of this management consulting, organization development, some project management, I realized that um, I was changing stuff along the way. I refused to do the spreadsheets. I told them I'm not going to do spreadsheets. I refused to do Gantt charts. I said, I'm not going to do Gantt charts. <laughs> and I kept saying to my sponsors, I'm just going to go talk to people. Yeah. I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to talk to them and say, what are you doing? Let's have a chat. You know, let's sit together and let's talk. And I realized that, oh, I've got a minute. So that's, so I started just connecting it from there that my brain was wired in such a way that I was looking for agility, more agility. I was looking for more meaning and more purpose. And of course, when the Scrum framework and all of that started, um, and I saw the, you know, the Scrum values and all of that and the agile principles, I thought, yeah, this is what's missing. This is this is the values and the principles. This is this makes me feel like it's not just about making money. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think so? Is it that family connection? Because that, that's probably the reason I think I I enjoyed and have stuck with this the the agile and, and and very much the scrum way of working. Is it that reconnection that of seeing your colleagues more? Is that fa re reintroducing family back into how we work? Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that the experiences that I had between, I mean, as a kid, but also seeing poor and rich and the mm. in-betweens. Um, and then, again, shifting into organization development, management consulting and project management. I think what really attracted me to uh, Agile and the world of Agile it's exactly that. It's that family, that family connection is people yeah. and being able to talk to people, being able to reach out to people. And um, I, I realized that um, a lot of people that were part of these projects, that um, they were not just workers, they were moms, they were dads, they were uncles, they, yeah. were, they were aunties, they were sisters, 
they, they were kids of people. And when they come to work, they bring all of that to, they don't leave it in the house. No. And when they come to work, they bring all of that and they bring all of their insecurities as well. Mm. And they're looking for a way or a, a way of working that would recognize that they're great people. However, they've also got some other challenges. Mm. And how can we help them to overcome some of these challenges by coaching, by empowering? And I realized that some of the tools we were using in the, in the community, in the agile community, I could take those tools and help people on a personal, individual level. Yeah. That just inspired me and said, do you know you can take this framework and set weekly goals and you can plan on a Monday and you can review and retrospect on a Friday and you can set new goals for the next Monday. And that's what really did it for me. And bringing it to that human level. Yeah. Yeah. So so tell us about Agile in Africa then. Has it, is, is it, natural did it was it was it already there needed to be uncovered is it a big cultural change is that too much of a generalization saying agile in africa uh well you see as you guys know i've been doing a lot of work outside of africa you know capital one klm ordinance survey um and um and each or every organization i went to um i realized that i was what made what made or helped me to succeed was that every organization that I went to, um, I took Ubuntu with me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I took this principle of care with me. And I think that every time somebody turned around and said, "Um, I feel terrible. I said, really? I feel awesome. And I bet you by the time I finish talking with you, you are going to feel great. And then they start laughing. (laughs) <laughs> and I and, and that energy, you know, that energy, I realized I was bringing something more yeah. to Agile. And so having done all of this great work outside of Africa, I decided that let me start looking at ways I needed to grow in that journey. I needed to struggle in that journey. I needed to experience the pain of that journey in Europe, in America. I needed to really get to grips with some of the complexities in the agile uh, community and the ways of working. And then when I got my head around that stuff, I said, okay, now I'm ready to take this stuff to Africa. We know the big arguments, SAFE and Scrum and this <laughs> and Kanban and all of it. And we know all the big arguments, but I'm ready to take this stuff to Africa. So when I came uh, t- uh, with agile in Africa, it's uh, this was about 11, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, it was basically non-existent. And mm-hmm. we, I, myself and my brother, started doing some tests. Well, we did some, uh, we ran some agile stuff. We ran some courses on testing. Um, but I realized that people were like, "Huh, what's this?" And um, it didn't really click because we thought we could just come straight in and start training people, start coaching people. It didn't really work well. Uh, mm. People were like, mm, because they were, they were struggling with everyday issues of survival, looking for food, looking for money, looking for practical things to get on with life. Yeah. And I realized that we needed to do awareness. We needed to create this awareness, you know, education, awareness. So that just inspired me. And I just said, Agile in Africa, that's what we're going to do. And so um, eight years ago, I started creating all of these ideas around how can we take Agile into Africa 
And in 2014, 2015, we decided to basically launch the first Agile in Africa. And uh, today it is, uh, we started in Ghana. And um, so, so what is that? Is that a conference? Is that uh... it's a conference? It's an event that we do every year. We've, we've, we've done it since 20, I think 2015. Uh, no, 2014, sorry, 2014. Um, and it's a, it's a conference we do every year. Um, and it's, uh, it started in Ghana. Uh, we used to have, of course, the face-to-face conferences and people used to come from all over the world, you know, yeah. every part of the world to come and speak on the platform. And when they come as well, then we do something called Scrum in the Sun. Yeah. So when, you know, we go to the beach and then we do a whole Scrum thing. So it's called Scrum in the Sun after the conference. So we have Scrum in the Sun after the conference. Lovely. So the conference, for the first few, I think for the first three years, we had mostly international speakers. Yeah. Um, yeah, first three, four years, we had mostly international speakers. In the fourth year, I realized that we started having more African speakers or more speakers from within Africa. And then all of a sudden, in 2019, um, the platform had, from having 80%, 90% international speakers, uh, and then 20%, 10% from Africa, now the platform has about... 70% from Africa and about 30, 20% from outside Africa. So it's kind of changed. And then Agile in Africa now, we have Agile in Nigeria, Agile in Gambia, Agile in Rwanda, Agile in Kenya, Agile in Zambia, Agile in uh, uh, Sao Tome and Principe, the smallest country in Africa, 200,000 people. Wow. Agile in South Africa. So now we have um uh, agile in nigeria we, we now have about 11 or 12 agile platforms across africa and there are 54 countries so we've got a lot more to go <laughs> so, that's great you know, isn't so it? basically we started from from one yeah bit of an mvp we, we got... yeah so what, what are some now of the we're... differences then so between um some of those those countries and each other because i'm assuming that those countries in Africa, there are some significant differences between them as well as a lot of similarities. But what are some of the differences there? And also what are some of the differences between Africa in general and the UK? So the differences between the African countries is really around um, some countries are very much into new tech, like Kenya. Uh, like South Africa, they're a bit more ahead of the curve in terms of new technology. And we found that those countries were embracing, uh, and places like Nigeria, they were embracing Agile a lot quicker than places like Gambia. Um, or places, uh, for example, like uh, perhaps uh, even Sao Tome and Principe. If my network goes off, don't worry, I'm just, I'll am just i switch to the next one. Sorry, <laughs> we still hear you. We still hear you. It's a good example of personal resilience there, having uh, having redundancy in your network so that you can switch from one to another. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so between the African countries, it's, it's really around um, the hubs which are really doing well in terms of. Hang on a minute, I'm just about to. Aha, there we go. Don't worry, give me just two seconds. That's all right. It is definitely a labor of love, resilience, <laughs> resilience. 
All right, so I'm going to do something a bit crazy. Hang on, I always do something crazy. Ah, here we are. Great. Uh, these are some of the challenges that we'll experience when you're doing interviews or conversations across the world, especially in places like uh, a mountainous region as in Ghana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the towers have to be placed a bit higher. Um, or I could actually, maybe I should have balloons. I was going to say, yeah, getting a hold of uh, Musk's or Look, whoever it is is setting out those balloons all over the place. Yes. Bezos. So the differences between Africa and, and those other countries is really around the countries which have quickly or rapidly adopted technology. Now, Kenya, Kenya is incredibly uh, insightful because Kenya actually um, started what we call the mobile money revolution in the world, which is now all over. It's global. Uh, where you can send and receive money via your mobile phone. You can go on the, to the roadside and uh, literally go cash out your money from a roadside agent. Yeah. Uh, and this is this, this was a solution which basically a lot of unbanked, there were lots of people because of language barriers. Um, many of the banks only speak English, French or Arabic or Portuguese. And so because of language barriers, some, some, many people don't speak English or Portuguese or French or Arabic. And so uh, they were not being banked. And so Kenya really opened up that revolution in terms of uh, enabling grassroots people to adopt new technology and to be able to send and receive money. And those countries like Kenya and others like South Africa that later on started, Nigeria, Ghana, adoption was a lot quicker, you yeah. know, adopting, adopting new practices, new ways of working. I mean, these guys were already quite excited about new technology. And so they were constantly asking us questions and saying, um, how can we get better? And how can we work with you guys? So and at this so, point, were they, were they coming to you for help at this point? These companies, these banks, they were coming to you for, for assistance on how to do this differently or how to, do, how to take on some of these, these the approaches? Well, they heard about what we did and uh, outside Africa. And the, the interesting thing is that um, I always said that international companies in Africa who had operations or headquarters outside Africa um, will one day take up Agile. Mm. And so uh, even though we didn't have much business in the first few years, I just had a strong feeling that Microsoft and Google and uh, Shell and yeah. many others are going to be looking at this because I kept wondering, I said, well, if they were looking at, if they're doing uh, stuff outside of Africa at their headquarters in Holland and uh, in London uh, and other places in Amsterdam, London and New York and other places, then why can't they do the same with their, you know, operations in Africa? Yeah. And I, and that, that really got me thinking and I, I felt very strongly that one day uh, they will be coming and reaching out to us and which they, they've started doing in the last couple of years. Yeah. But um, the difference between these African countries is really in the, in the appetite for new technology and of course they love the GDP. Yeah. Um, countries with lower GDP like Gambia, it was a bit of a struggle, big struggle because people were really struggling with just daily living, you know, just trying to survive and the companies that we're operating in Gambia and other places, we're also just trying to make sense of the new environment and uh, how to get better at whatever they're doing, but they didn't really think about Agile per se. 
Um, and what I find, again, is also quite similar with some of the countries that I've worked, uh, worked in, in, in Europe, um, or especially in the UK and, of course, in Holland. Um, what I find a difference here uh, is that in, in, we, we have an abundance of resources in Europe. Yes. Um, and I think an abundance of ideas and ideologies and systems and structures and all of that. But unfortunately, I think people are a little bit laid back and they, you know, they're complacent because uh, where you have uh, a bit more, let's say, um, uh, abundance of wealth, where you have more wealth and where you have more resources in terms of infrastructure, uh, people get a little bit complacent in that life, you know, social security. Um, and that's the difference I also picked up between people in Europe and people in Africa. Because there's no social security in Africa, the appetite for new ways of thinking, new ways of doing things, people are a lot more hungry. Yeah. And that's what I picked up. So, really so would you say less, less kind of... Because we I mean I was on the course this week and I've been moaning moaning to Jeff already about uh, a course I was on this week, but um, we still experience a lot of resistance, a lot of a lot of um, pushback. Even now, twenty years on since the Agile Manifesto was written, are you, do you generally find that less with co- companies in, in Africa that they're more willing to to, to to try try new things? I think that uh, companies in Africa are a lot more hungry. Yeah. And that's because the people are really hungry. They're hungry for, for more. They're hungry for success. They're hungry to see change. And um, where, especially where you have no social security um, and where if you're not working, nobody's going to pay your rent or give you any food money. You're going to have to get off your backside and pick up some a power bank and go sell it, you yeah. know, or pick yeah. up a book. You know, and yeah. go sell it. You know, <laughs> I bought this on on the road. I bought this on the road right here, not far from where I live. Yeah. I bought it. Some young man was carrying books in his head and on his armpits, and selling. And I think you know that's the difference between um, you know we 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 we've, we've become a a generation of sport brats in Europe and America. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, you know because we've, the roads are working fine, the internet's working okay. There's one running water. I mean, sometimes I'm here and the power goes off. And I said, yeah. oh, okay. You know, and then uh, the, the water sometimes can probably go off for a couple of hours. Oh, okay. Um, and, um, you know, you can see some potholes out there. Oh, okay. And then somebody fixes that, you know, at some point. But when you live in a system where you have to make do, where you have to, it's your survival instincts, yeah, really heightens. Yeah, and you're, you're able to appreciate life a lot more. And I found that when I live permanently and only just in England, um, you know, in the UK, we 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 kind of become sport brats because it's like you know we've got everything. You yeah, know, we've got expected everything to be done for us, right? Whereas yeah. you're saying, I, I, the, the, I've always considered Agile to have a strong entrepreneurial, proactive side of things. When you think of a self-organizing team, they're not looking to be told what to do. They're not looking to be spoon-fed. They're, they're there to try and solve complex problems by figuring it out together. And, and what I'm hearing from you there is that's a natural network. part of culture. Give me a second. Okay. I think we might have... Two seconds. We might have lost another halfway through that, Jeff. Okay. I think it's the audio is okay. I think it's just the videos catching up. 
I'm glad you're editing this one, mate. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. He's gone to fix a pothole. You can do the you can do the pop and dicks then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's gone again. How long do you want to give it? How long do you want to do it? For? How long do we, do we want? I think an hour is probably enough, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've got a couple more people for the lock-in on Friday, by the way. How many are we up to? Uh, three. And us? Five, including us. Okay. One female's joined. Can you guess who that is? Deidre? Correct. <laughs> She's going to be pumping us for uh, training advice, no doubt. Here he is, he's back. Hey. You'll have to unmute yourself. No, no. We'll probably unmute him ourselves, can't we? He's back. No, I, was, I, was, I was saying that for me, there's always been this entrepreneurial proactive aspect to the self-organizing team and you don't just wait to be spoon-fed stuff you don't wait to be told what to do as a team you have to figure it out and and collaborate try something and what i'm hearing from you there is that that's that's a natural part of of, of life of culture um in a lot of these countries in africa and so that that has led to a greater sort of alignment with with agile philosophy if you like is that right Did you get that, Nana? Yeah. Come on, Vodafone. <laughs> okay. Hey. I'm back again. <laughs> So did did you hear any of my question? <laughs> it's not back. No, I, don't, I think that was like a catch up. Yeah. Hey. hey. <laughs> Can you hear us, Nana? Don't worry, we're very resilient. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you get any of my question, or should I say it again? It still says he's on mute on here. I know. Okay. Oh, he's gone again.
I'm going to get myself another non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> you go, cat. You go steady now. Can you hear it? We can't hear you, Nana, but we can you um you might have to unmute yourself. There you go. I, 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 I caught the I think I caught the um the first part of the uh what what Jeff what you were saying, um in terms of the thirst and the passion, um the hunger. Yeah, the entrepreneurial uh, spirit, I think was Jeff. Entrepreneurial yeah. spirit, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um that the entrepreneurial spirit is it's very strong you see people on the roadside selling yeah. um because if you don't sell if you don't get up and do something you won't you won't have anything mm. and so um the entrepreneurial spirit is definitely very strong over here you know what about strong what about the other aspect though i mean it's that's rich um people you have to get up and do stuff and so there's a whole spirit of self-organizing self-managing you know people but we've lost you again now we've lost video oh he's gone oh he's back <laughs> sometimes today, today it, it rained heavily it rained heavily in the last few days, so I think that's why the weather's a bit unstable. Yeah, uh, and the network. Now, Jeff, Jeff, you're definitely on points about the entrepreneurial spirit and mm. the fact that people just have this hunger, and they do. They have to self-organize. They have to, you know, that 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 is in the cultures, ingrained into the DNA, and yeah. that's where I think that we're a bit more complacent outside, and our desire to learn. Or our appetite for change is a lot less in in Europe, America, and the more, you know, places like you know, uh, other, some Australia, Japan, and some other places. The resistance is still there to adopting new ways of working. Mm. Do you think? Well, Nana, yeah, sorry, Jeff. Do you think none of that made that's shaped you as a coach? So, in terms of, you mentioned obviously family and that whole the human element of your work is very important to you, but that. Is that resilience then and that, that dogged determination, is that built into, you don't, you just strike me as someone who wouldn't accept no, no for an answer in terms of, yeah, we, we must be able to do this. There must be a way to do this, driving that, that type of thing forward. Absolutely. And I think this is a very important part of what we should be doing with people Yeah. to, to impart this, this ability, this to, to, to empower people for them to be able to, to, understand that regardless of the challenges you face you have the potential to rise and to shine yeah and no matter what some days are going to be really stormy some days are going to be really tough but no matter what you have to find ways and means to keep motivating yourself to give, keep giving more and to keep being more and as and it is something ingrained into me you're absolutely i mean it's part of my dna was he and I think that's a really because this is something that I perhaps I, I remember you for Nana at the time when when we met and would you I think it would be really good if for our listeners if, do, I mean is there anything that you do anything that you deliberately purposefully do on a daily basis that you think helps you remain positive any tips you might have for any of our listeners on 
because it's a thing I tell all my attendees at workshops time and time again, just try and stay positive, it, especially at these, this time in, the, in, t- in today's environment. So there's a, there's a couple of things that I do every day. And one is incredibly, it's just something that is uh, environmentally connected. It's, uh, it's spiritual. It's, I'm not religious, by the way. Yeah. And so for me, um, I am part of this traditional ancient spiritual way of life, which is in South America. The indigenous people, like the Aborigines in, uh, in Australia, the Maoris, yeah. Melanesians and uh, the traditional people of Europe, the indigenous people of Europe and America used to do the same thing. The tree is part of me. The earth is part of me. The environment is part of me. The sun, the, the, the universe is part of I'm part of that universe. Yeah. And so every day I acknowledge the fact that, you know, I am part of this beautiful uh, creation. And, um, you know, looking at the beauty of creation, I recognize the beauty is also within me. So uh, regardless of whether it's raining outside or it's stormy and the weather's gray, it's always sunshine up here. Yeah, It's always sunshine up here. And so that is something that is always with me. And uh, the second thing I do as well every day. Oh, we've lost it. Yeah, you got nothing on the rest of the week to edit, have you? <laughs> I got a clear day tomorrow. I was supposed to be doing this app thing tomorrow. Building an app. Oh, you're still on mute. There we Did go. you catch the first part of what I, I do the every first day? Part, but then we lost you when you said, and the second thing I do is, so you, so you could go from there. Hiya. <laughs> Still <laughs> broken. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, the, the, the network. Did you catch? Hi, hi, hi. Hi. I might send him a chat message. I was looking through my uh, Dropbox folder to see if I could find any of the old, like, because we took photos and stuff, didn't we? I don't know whether you've still got that archive. Yeah, probably. That'd yeah. be cool. I couldn't find any on mine. Do you know Do you know what year it was? Mm, I mean, I would guess at 2012, maybe. It was in Hatfields. Was it Hatfields? Yeah. I wonder if um I've just I've just switched network. Okay. We're getting audio quite a lot but we, I think your video tends to to freeze. So Oh, there we go. Hello. I'm back. <laughs> there we go. We can see you, I think.
All right. <laughs> what a challenge. <laughs> we can, can you hear us now, though? Are we on real time? I don't think we are, are we? I think it's getting worse, isn't it? He's stuck outside. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. You're on mute, my friend. Can't hear you at the moment. We can see you. And... Hi guys, I'm oh, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure your your listeners. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is a. That's my Land Rover, my Bush vehicle. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, um, I. I um... I, I, I do apologize for some of the challenges. I'm trying to move around. That's a bit right. So that Don't worry. That's fine. We can we can edit we can edit around it. That's fine. So yeah, you. I think we've got you now though, and it's it's fairly stable. You're going to give us your second tip yeah. for for positive thinking. The second tip basically is that every day I do a daily affirmation. Okay. And I, I and I write a daily affirmation. I've been writing for eleven years. I have a book about to be published, um, and it's basically a page a day. And every single day I wake up, I say daily affirmation, uh, because I think that for those of us who are not incredibly religious, we need something to connect us to the universe and the environment yeah. and to give us um, a sense of purpose and meaning. So I, I do a daily affirmation where I, I just basically say a lot of positive things. I look at the person in the mirror and I smile and I know the person in the mirror is also sort of smiling back at me as well, <laughs> you know. And I, I, um, I made a commitment as well that every single day um, I will, every time I find myself about to think something negative, that I would switch my mind. I mm. would catch myself and say, what is this negative thought going to do for you? Yeah. How is it going to help you? Mm. You're just going to go down that slippery slope downhill into depression. And what is it going to do? You're going to get diabetes. You're going to get high blood pressure, hypertensive. And then I look at it and I said, hey, back to your positivity, because <laughs> I don't want any of that stuff. Yeah. And so I keep catching myself because, you know, if you don't catch yourself when you're about to think negative, uh, you'll end up uh, just getting out of control. Yeah. So uh, I made a decision many, many years ago that uh, looking at people, you know, 16 plus 17, traveling around Africa, seeing so much poverty as well, and so much wealth, I decided that, you know what, I've got it good. You know, I've got it good. No matter what's going on with me, I've got it good. And I think this is one thing that agile teams um, and teams that are looking to work in a more agile way or organizations or individuals, Apart from just the framework and all the practices, I think in terms of that daily motivation, yeah. that daily positivity, I think it's necessary if you want to basically work with the power of possibilities yeah. and, and the, the art of determination and the power of possibility is something that I 
I always felt that agile teams and organizations that are trying to be agile, they have something missing that they just, they take the framework, they take the scrum guide, and then they think, okay, we can just make it happen. No, there's this whole cultural shift of positivity and possibility thinking yeah. that you have to also bring into your coaching and into your daily practices. How are we feeling? Agile, let's do it, you know? <laughs> And that's yeah, the, I think so, you're right. I think it's, you know, it's, it's if you are if you get it right, it's infectious, and and it's that, and when you couple that with what you mentioned again about this being positive, but telling stories, which I know and I know you've 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 told me and Jeff so many stories in the past as well, because you've got that you're interested in stories and you you're a great storyteller yourself. You don't. It's not about people that you, having swallowed the scrum guide, or if you if you can just impart that that positive, that sense of possibility. I think it's a great way to tackle any kind of coaching uh, uh, role that you that you might end, end, end up in. What's one of your favourite stories about agile in Africa, Nana? Oh well, one one very favourite story is um, you know <laughs> one that I remember very fondly. Um, many, uh, I think this was in our early days. Um, you know, uh, we tried to get uh, a venue to organize uh, the Agile in Africa event. And um, we were told that it was impossible uh, to get the Labadi Beach Hotel or to secure one of the five-star hotels. Uh, we were told as well that it's impossible to organize this particular Agile in Africa. It's not gonna work. And you know what? The worst thing you can do is tell me you can't do it. <laughs> That's, That's a, a like a red rag to a bull with you, I imagine, isn't it? That's it. I mean, the worst thing you can do is say, no, no, it's not going to work. You can't do it. The minute you say that, then that's it. You know, I will do it. I will find a way to do it because... See that as a challenge, uh, don't you? you? Know, so, yeah, I mean, so they told us that it can't work. And, and I, actually, we were told that Agile in Africa would not work, that people are not ready in Africa. People have other things on their minds. Today, we have thousands. We have a massive movement across Africa We've got students, we have executives, we've got people in nursing. People, can you believe it? Right here in the villages, you know, on the farms, uh, I'll tell you a bit more about that before we finish, but um, right in the villages, um, we are using Scrum, we're using Kanban in the village, and we're, we're not speaking English. Uh, we are connecting it to what people are doing locally, what they've always, always done for centuries, and said, but you used to do this 20 years ago. Why did you stop? Ah. But that's the same thing we do in Agile. Oh, it's the same thing? Yeah, it's the same thing. And then, the, you know, one very interesting story as well uh, coming out of Agile in Africa is I was in a car once and then going to the conference venue. And um, somebody said, you know, one of the speakers who was, says, oh, these guys selling on the road, you know, you know, they just really trying to understand why they, you know, why they're selling and all of that stuff? And uh, I said, well, guess what? You know, uh, these guys, what they don't have is the framework. They don't have the framework. They're very agile, but they don't have the practices. They don't have the framework to be able to scale their business. So imagine if we can go and give them something to help them scale up, or to not scale up as in millions and no, no. I mean, to help them to grow from carrying this belt and running after the cars 
to actually saying, okay, you know what, what you're trying to do? Have you planned this properly? Have you organized that? Have you? And then they said, oh, hang on a minute. So I took a couple of people and, um, and, and it's worked, you know, so you can plan, you can organize yourself better. You can have a simple way of doing stuff. And they finally understood it. But, you know, these guys on the streets who are selling and running after the cars, if they only had a framework <laughs> to organize, then they, they, the agility would be four or 500%. Because <laughs> I can see that they, they have the basic ingredient, which is they want more from life. Yeah. It's not just about money. They want more from life. They're really keen. And, um, you know... Um, I, I, I wanted to make sure that I share this thought with you today. Um, two things that we've done since coming to Africa, rather than just waiting for companies to come to us, uh, to Agile in Africa, or to come to Akaditi to come and learn about Agile and all of that, we've been doing some great stuff with big companies in Africa. That's great. But two things that um, we decided to do, um, rather than wait for companies and organizations for, for these events to start and to do these events, we decided that we're going to take Agile into the community. Mm -hmm. So what we decided to do was to start building technology solutions and engaging people. So payment solutions, shopping solutions like Amazon, like Alibaba, but the African alternative. Yeah. Um, and then also delivery companies. So we built... And now we're building a bank with no branches, not a single branch, like First Direct. Yeah, yeah. With no charges, no no, no fixed costs and all of that nonsense, and no uh, uh, transaction charges. And so uh, we go into the community and we look for, hey, what's the problem here? Oh, we're having this experience. We don't know how the crops are doing. Okay, guess what? We'll provide an application to do that. And a little bit of big data, a bit of AI, and we just help them. All we do is a little bit of technology and we just help them to form themselves into a small agile team. And they, that's it. They get it. Mm, they're gone. Yeah. Now, the other thing that uh, I've been doing, uh, you know, basically is healing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a farmer now. Uh, so apart from running a high tech business with a transformation business in the city, um, I'm also a farmer. Wow. I've gone into organic farming. And um, I've also gone into healing. So we what are you growing? Cancer. With, uh, uh, we're growing moringa. We're growing ginger. We're growing garlic. We're growing all the medicinal plants. Wow. Um, and medicinal trees and lemon, lemon trees, papaya, papo. Uh, we, we're growing organic food. We're growing organic medicine. And we're producing products as well, which we're now putting online. We'll be selling online and all of that. But basically, we've taken agile and plugged it into like local challenges and we're yeah. using it to solve local problems on the ground and it's it's opening up different aspects of uh, different parts of my brain because it's really <laughs> amazing that you know at a local level yeah you know really in the jungle in the bush we're able to bring you know these wonderful ideas to people and so that's you know into agile in africa has now it it i came to africa because of Agile in Africa. Yeah. And now we have these technology solutions. We now have these agricultural solutions. We go into the community to do more farming. And we now we have a 
quite a number of acres, and uh, and I'm also doing Land Rover re Defender restoration. That's a 1972 Land Rover Army Army spec British Army. Lovely. And uh, I'm doing Land Rover restoration. You know, restoring <laughs> Land Rovers. <laughs> what are your um, Nana? What are your hopes and and dreams for kind of the next few years or the next few um. Um, you know the next steps for Agile in Africa. Where are you hoping it goes? With, 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 whether it's with you or, or, or beyond that? Uh, I have a couple of things in mind, and um, for me, I think um, one, I'm looking to uh, uh, grow our partnerships with organisations and individuals like yourselves. Mm -hmm. um, I want to grow those partnerships, not just uh, with organisations like Strom.org or Strom Alliance or Agile Alliance. But I want to grow partnership with people who are doing coaches on the ground who are not necessarily part of the large organizational membership bodies. Yeah. Um, to grow more partnerships uh, with people like yourself, to bring in ideas. And the stuff that I'm learning on the ground, maybe I, all the coaching I'm doing with local people, grassroots people, Maybe there's ideas that I can also help contribute to what you guys are doing outside. Mm. Um, so that's one in terms of partnerships. The other one, which is really exciting, is that uh, we've now, after, gosh, it took us about uh, three years, we've now been uh, uh, registered. We now have an organization registered, and this is where you guys are going to get really excited and uh, people watching this later. We now have the first uh, registered certification body in Africa. All right, okay. And it's called uh, Professional Agile Certification for Africa. Um, and it's, it's PACA, P-A-C-A for short. Mm -hmm. We are going to be teaming up with organizations like yours, individuals like yourselves. We'll be running courses from, it's going to be like an agile supermarket. <laughs> where do, we'll have Safe on there, Kanban, Scrum, Lean, Lean Startup. Uh, and basically the whole idea is that this is a, a certification body, the first one, because most Africans have to go outside to Europe and America and get certified or India. Yeah. Okay. And get certified. So we would negotiate a, a discount with organizations like yours or, you know, people that provide courses. And then we'll pass those discounts on to people on the ground. However, what we will do as well is that PACA, um, the idea of this certification body is that we are the icing on the cake. When you've got your PSM and your CSM and your A ASM, Advanced Scrum Master, and you've got all your wonderful certificates from outside, we will help you to contextualize it and localize it for the African market. Okay. And that's all we're doing. We're just going to put the icing on the cake, the crown in the jewel. We're just yeah. icing on the cake and say, look, you've got the CSM. That's great. You've got the PSM. You've got the ASM. Wonderful. Mm. How do you translate all of that? into the African context. So the certification body, PACA, has now been registered by the government and it's become an Africa-wide certification body. Um, and it's uh, uh, very exciting because I'm going to be working closely with you guys as well uh, and some of your listeners uh, because I know people will be interested. The third thing that I'm, <laughs> I'm working on uh, is that I want to disrupt the Agile community globally. Oh, wow. With okay. Ubuntu... And also, I want to add the principle, the thirteenth principle, to the twelve, to the existing twelve agile principles. I want to add the thirteenth principle, which is care. 
the principle of care. Uh, I'm about to launch a website which people can sign up. I've been talking about it at Scrum Day London and other events in Agile in Africa. And the principle of care, because what you care about, you pay attention to. And uh, when you look at care, it's a really powerful word because you can love somebody, but you, maybe you don't even care about certain things. You know, you can, you can say that you, you're committed to something, but how much do you care about it? You know, so when we look at the word care, I think it's something that is so powerful and it's tied in to something that I'm, <laughs> I've been promoting as well, which is H2H, which is human to human, the, the Ubuntu connection. Yeah. And H2H, so I'm saying it's no longer about B2B. It's no longer about B2C or B2G or B2 whatever. It is H2H, human to human. Because all the B2B, B2G, and all of those models are great. But for me, the future is about disrupting that model, which was a 20th century model, and now looking at the human-to-human -human connection, connecting human beings in organization to human beings in the marketplace. Yeah. And it's even more, <laughs> even more important now that we're, we're physically distanced, but we have the technology to connect. So where, where can people find out more about that, Nana? You say a website. Uh, where, where is it? Yes, so they can go to akaditi.com, A-K-A-D-I-T-I.com. Uh, a -A uh, but we have, we have a, separate, uh, you know, some, a separate website which is about to be launched. I'll get the name out to you later. But it's going to be something around, um, uh, I think we're looking, I can't remember the domain name that we gave it. We're looking at several domain names. But akaditi.com for now. And uh, we'll have a page there. And you can, from there, you can go straight up to the... The um, this 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 page that we've put up uh, it should be launched this weekend, and the whole idea basically people can just sign up and say yes we want to disrupt the twelve agile principles and we want. I just feel Jeff uh, and Paul. I just feel that if these things were created twenty years ago, then we need to start thinking seriously. We just finished the festival. We need to start thinking seriously about. Is there more we can do? Yeah. Is there something that we can add to this, especially with this pandemic and with what's going on in the world? Is there a way for us to bring something special, something unique uh, about us, our humanity? Yeah. Um, to the 12 Agile principles. Is it time for us to really reflect on the four values and think, how can we tweak it a bit more to make it less software? Yeah. You know, and, and more people. Mm, you know you're right yeah you know and i think i think there's a lot um obviously there's a, a heck of a lot of um bad things that have happened during this pandemic and i'm not in any way downplaying that but i think what i'm hoping for i think what we're all hoping for what will come maybe even you know that a lot of people are talking about the idea of the the roaring 20s the idea that when we when we exit this this pandemic that we will see a bit of a a bounce and a bit of a a, a, a wave of, of positivity and I do really do hope that happens and I think it's all I hope it's all based around reconnecting as humans and and getting back what we've what we've missed out on and yeah if that's if that happens that for me that would be a great thing to to happen out of this I really do believe that something very powerful is going to come out of this pandemic. yes I think you're right it's yeah. been a We've, I mean, this is a good opportunity for us to, to reconnect with you. And it's something that was long overdue. And hopefully we'll get to do it in person at some point, not too distant future. But um, I want to encourage anybody who's interested in 
um, empowering others, building communities, and, and building a better impression of of, Af- of of Africa to get in touch with you through akaditi.com um, or many of the other wonderful people doing lots of work for for to, to promote Agile in Africa. So check yes. out the Agile in Africa website. Check out Nana. Um, and yeah, thanks again for joining us, Nana. It was absolutely fantastic to hear all about what you've been up to. Thank you. I have to say that um, I I kind of decided recently that not long ago that I was going to go underground and just work in the bush and yeah. I'm not doing any of the media engagements anymore. But, you know, I couldn't resist Paul and Jeff. You know, <laughs> I just could not resist. You're too I kind. Said, You're too kind. Paul, I've, said no. I've, said, I've said no to so many people and I said, no, I can't do any media stuff. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and honestly, when when you guys reached out to me, I mean, I, I missed an opportunity. I think that was in the UK, Jeff, for us to do something. I think um, uh, there was some way in um, Milton Keynes yeah. uh, three, four years ago. And I really missed that. And I thought, damn, I missed that opportunity. I said, I'm not going to miss this one with Jeff and Paul. <laughs> so as soon as, you know, my PA confirmed that, you know, it's, we want you, uh, you know, this, this is happening. And I said, no, I'm all in. She said to me yesterday, you know, I said, what's the topic? It says, just open an open chat about you and, and what you're doing. And I said, I just responded. I said, super. I'm, all, yeah. I'm, I'm Whether or not I knew what it was, I said, I'm all in. <laughs> because I, I really do... The course, I've been on many, many courses and I've seen many interactions between people training and coaching. And I have to say that I have so much love and respect for you guys because you come from a a people place. Um, You come from a place where you're not stuck on frameworks. You're not stuck on, uh, uh, you know, just uh, practices. You're not stuck on scrum. You're not stuck on any of these stuff. You, you you just people you just you want people to be better yeah you want people to be more confident you want people to have better self-esteem and so the course that you ran many years back this is nearly 10 years ago right or more yeah it must have been yeah um about 10 years ago and the course that you ran it struck me and i said you know what i like your approach i like the way the chemistry between you guys and the way you guys were engaging with the participants, with us, and the way you were encouraging. In fact, it was not a training course. It was a coaching session. Yeah. It was more of a coaching exercise, less the stuff about training because it was less about the PowerPoint. It was more about you trying to get people to work together. So I've, I've always felt that um, you know we will definitely be crossing paths one day. And uh, I'm so glad that today we've connected and I'm looking forward, you know, with Agile in Africa, with the farm, with the treks that we're doing, with all the other things that we're doing. I'm looking forward to having you guys visit Africa one day. Absolutely. And, yeah. Ghana. and so again, some of your listeners, I, I really want to encourage them to look at the concept of Ubuntu and to see how Ubuntu and this positive daily affirmation can play a better uh, role in their lives, but also at work in developing their potential. So, thank you so much for the opportunity to speak with you guys. Absolutely no no awesome. problem. Thank you, Nana. Yeah, Raise your glass. Cheers. And, Cheers, uh, my friend. Cheers. All the best. Till next you. time. Thank you. Thank you. Stay thank safe, you, guys. Bro. Cheers. Bye bye. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> bye for now. <laughs>
and breathe. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Louise. He's a nice guy though. He's he's I I do love him. I I can't help but look at him and I was smiling throughout that. Yeah. I just got yeah. he's, he's just got a very warm You'd just follow him, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do worry a little bit. He's, he he might be turning into a bit of a Jeff Sullivan. Yeah, there is a little bit of that. Yeah, I had to cut him off before he got onto his homeopathy and going to cure cancer. Yeah, we might we might cut that out the uh, out the edit. Um, but yeah, he didn't go too much into healing. I was about to say, dude, let's not. All right, farming, fine, but yeah. not so much on the healing. No. Cool. All right, I got a, set, a coaching session. In- 10 minutes yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, do, we'll, uh, we'll do the um, intro intros later uh, when we're when we're different time alright mate oh, we can one. do that we can do that now I don't mind well no it's it's we, we don't uh, well we can do the um, we can do the Patreon one yeah let's just do the Patreon one now um, but don't mention the episode numbers because that'll be the roundup one which will be different okay. we don't know what number we'll be yet so cool. just do just don't mention episode numbers alright do you want to do it or do you want me to, me to? Uh, I'll, I'll have a go you got his surname you... right? Going to say his surname right? Nana, he, said, he referred to himself as Nana Aban, didn't he? Yeah, we'll do that then. Okay. Hello, patrons. This is Jeff and Paul here, and welcome to our latest edition of Prestigious Pints. This episode, we got together with an old friend of ours, Nana Aban from Ghana. He came along to one of our training courses probably over 10 years ago, and we've stayed in touch remotely, largely, since. An absolutely wonderful human being and a leading light for promoting agile throughout the continent of africa we caught up with him in his uh, treetop house in the mountains of ghana just outside accra and we got talked about all sorts of different things from his background as a child his three values that he lives by uh, how he got into project management his time spent in the uk and and other countries as well as starting up the agile in africa conference and getting involved with all sorts of organizations in in different countries in Africa from corporations to farms to communities and applying agile principles in various different places that we wouldn't have thought of overall you I I challenge you to listen to this and not smile because Paul and I can't have a conversation with him and listen to his wonderfully warm laugh without bringing some positivity into our day so we hope you enjoy this check out Nana uh, if you're interested in anything that we talk about here akaditi.com is his website and cheers cheers very good one take what's right okay bud I'll let you crack on cheers mate see you soon see you later Ta-da.